0: You're listening to the Bright City Podcast. To hear more about our gatherings, groups, and what's going on in the life of our church, visit brightcity.church or follow Bright City Church on Instagram. Today's message is from Pastor Nick.
1: Good morning, guys. God is real. Do y'all know why? Y'all are like, of course God's real. That's why I'm here. Guys, we hit the 60s this morning. Can I get an amen? Someone. I told uh, the people in prayer this morning, I'm wearing two sleeves in celebration. Man, summer was brutal, and I, I don't think we're done yet. I think we still got a little bit of a battle of head, but you know what? Uh, We fight with the power of God and prayers that a pumpkin spice latte when it's not 90 is in our future in Jesus name Amen. Well, hey, if this is your first time at Bright City, my name is Nick uh, Pastor of Bright City, and we're just so glad to have you here We're actually concluding uh, a journey that we've been taking as a church together and we've been talking about growing pains and one of the things that I have noticed uh, in humanity is that we love growth, right? Like we love when things grow, like when our bank account grows, like praise Jesus. Amen. We love that growth. When we get that promotion at our job and we're not just doing two jobs for the price of one, anybody out there doing two jobs for the price of one, we don't just do two jobs for the price of one. And we actually get one job for the price of two. We love that growth. Anytime we maybe relocate from one city to another city in hopes of beginning an incredible journey uh, as people, we love that growth. But one of the things that I have noticed about growth specifically in my own life is that when there is growth, there are growing pains. Have you ever felt that? Have you ever felt the, the times when you've sensed God growing you the most, but you also feel like you are being stretched the most? It's almost like life is pulling you at every direction and you just don't know if you can take it anymore because it just feels like it's too much And the growth isn't worth you being squeezed. You know, in sales, it's like the juice isn't worth the squeeze. You're like, man, I'm feeling that in my life. Like, I don't know if what's on the other side of this pain is worth me pressing through. But one of the things that I have noticed about God is that God is a God who loves to extend promises to his people. But in order to walk into those promises, in order to experience the harvest that comes with those promises, we have to be willing to push through a little bit of growing pains when it comes to our lives. But one of the things that I love about seasons of growing pains is actually those are seasons of preparation. Like God is doing something in us that is going to be able to sustain us when we hit the growing promises that he has for us. Um, I don't know if you follow. I feel like enough time has passed. Um, I don't did Anybody follow that the, the contraption can that went down to discover the Titanic? and and do a little tour. Anybody see that feel like enough time has passed, but one of the things that happened there was there's no, there wasn't enough on the inside to sustain the pressure that they were experiencing on the outside. And I think sometimes that's what happens in our callings. And when we walk with God is sometimes there is not enough internally to sustain what God wants to do externally. But one of the things that he does is he grows us internally so that we can walk in the promises and therefore sustain the life that God has for us. But here's the most beautiful thing about this. This is kind of like the cheat code. And if you're taking notes, you want to write this down. It's not you that actually sustains the thing. It's God that sustains the thing. And so he puts this power in us. He puts his spirit in us. And through that, we experience growth and we step into the promises that God has for us. So one of the things I've been trying to do is I've been trying to shift how we look at growing pains and growing promises. I've been trying to give us a perspective shift. And one of the ways that I did that was I read in week one, I read this proverb that you've probably skipped over maybe a million times in your yearly Bible reading plan. Um, Anyone gearing up for Genesis in January and then nothing else in February? That's just me. It's okay. It's okay. Genesis does things. That's God's word too. But when you get to Proverbs, there's this incredible proverb, and it talks about how God wants to extend blessing in your life, and he uses the example of oxen. And and again, we're Trader Joe's people. We shop at Trader Joe's, our whole paycheck, and we don't understand what it's like to grow our food and work for our food. But there was a time when you had to do such thing, And if you had livestock, that meant that God was breathing on your life. And so the idea that you had livestock was actually blessing. But if you know that one of the things that comes with livestock is poop. And so the proverb talks about if you are shoveling poop, it's not that God isn't for you. It's actually that God's for you. And so one of the things that I've had to do in my own life when it comes to growing pains is I've had to change my perspective. Sometimes poop in my life means that I'm walking in the promises that God has for me. And in the beginning of that proverb, it actually says if you want to clean an empty life, then you don't you need an empty barn like you need an empty stable. And I think sometimes we want growth, but we also want the empty stable. And God's like, hey, you, you can't have both. Like, that's not how this works. Like if, if you want growth, if you want the supernatural move and blessing of God in your life, like hashtag grab a shovel like that. That's, that's how this works. But One of the most beautiful things about God is that he grabs the shovel with you. He's out there shoveling with you. He, he is moving the poop in your life and helping us reframe how we see that moment in our life. And so we've done that perspective change. And another thing that happened was we learned that in order to get from growing pains to growing promises, we have to embrace his pace. One of the things that has become so clear in my life is that my schedule and God's schedule are not the same. Anyone else there? You're like, I, God's two years behind. I've been trying to tell him and I'm done telling him he, he's the creator of the world. And therefore, like he's got his own ICAL situation and it's called the G And like he needs to get on point because this is unacceptable. And I just know that if I was two years late at my own job, I would be fired. And so I just I need God to know that he might be fired soon in my life. Like he's still on the throne. But in my life, I'm about to let him go. And uh, one of the places we see God moving in this way and people learning to embrace his pace is in John 11 with Lazarus. Like how many of you, if you had a medical emergency in your life, would call an ambulance and then be okay if they showed up four days later? Anyone? No, me me neither, because that's that's unacceptable. But what happened was is Lazarus, his friend died and Jesus shows up four days later. And one of those beautiful things in this moment in this passage is that Jesus had a cadence and a pace that was different than everyone else around him. But he was the only one qualified to hold everything and everyone else in that moment. And so sometimes we have to let go and we have to embrace the pace that God has for us in our lives. And sometimes that's where growing pains get hard, right? Like we want to get to the promise and God's like, hey, I just hold on. Let's take a moment and let's just embrace the pace of what's happening here. Another place that we experience growing pains is in relationships. And I think sometimes we can't get to intimacy because we don't have the resiliency needed in order to sustain problems and challenges that come in relationships. Are you guys catching me with what's going on here? It's like there are good things that God has for you in your life. But if you aren't willing to endure the growing pains that are happening in your life, you will not step into the promises that God has for you in your life. And that's the true. That's God. That's God's word. It's in here. But that's that's what happens in the economy of the kingdom. Is that there's just things that you have to endure in order to experience the payoff and and relationships are no different. So today I want to conclude our time and I want to talk about purposes. And here's what I know about purpose when it comes to our life is that purpose can be one of the most profound things that comes from God. But it can be also one of the most painful processes in our life. Uh, A while back, um, I was reminded uh, of a conversation that I had with someone, and I just was really battling some unmet purpose, promises, and expectations in my life. And I was just so frustrated, and I was trying to process what to do because what I felt like is that God was doing something in me and through me, and I felt like it manifested itself in this way. But what I noticed is that it wasn't happening. Like the thing that I longed for, the thing that I desired, the thing that I believed was his extended purpose in my life was not happening. It was like someone locked the door and then also knew I would try the window and then locked the windows too, and then ran around and locked the back door. Like none of the apparatuses to get into the house or through the door were working. Like it was locked shut. The alarm was set. It was it was signed, sealed and delivered. And it wasn't mine. Like it was just there was a lot that wasn't happening and manifesting. And I was just really struggling. So I'm telling this person this thing that's going on in my life. And their response has stuck with me ever since that moment. This was over 20 years ago. Uh, I was sharing this and they said, you know what? Well, Nick, the same thing happened to me. I had this desire and I wanted to serve God in this way. And I felt like he was calling me to do it. And for whatever reason, it just didn't happen in the timing that I want. And so because of that, I walked away from God. And that, that was literally the conversation. And what I have noticed in the midst of humanity, and especially within the church, is that God wants to extend incredible purpose to us in our lives. Like he wants to impart a purpose that we have in the kingdom of God. And one of the things that happens is we get so excited to receive that purpose. And one of the things that I've learned about God is that God is not a microwave. Like he is not a microwave. And then you're like, well that's okay because I've got the instapot. Have anybody you got Instapots out there? You're like, this is just the, the microwave version of the crock pot. But what I've noticed about God is he is a slow cooker. And so one of the things that God does in our lives is he extends wild purpose in our lives. And then there is a process to step into the fulfillment of that purpose. But what I've noticed is that sometimes we ignore the process or we don't like the process. Therefore, we don't get the preparation necessary for the purpose. And as a result, we either fizzle out Or we forget that God wanted to do anything in our life in the first place. And so my hope today is that this is less about what I have to say and more about what God has to say to you in your life. And so there's two things that I hope that would happen today. The first thing is is that if you have never received a God-given purpose for your life, I hope that today will be the day. Like if you are just walking through life and you are on autopilot, then you are not experiencing the abundance that God has for you in his kingdom. And so prayer number one is that you would receive a life-changing, life-altering purpose that shifts the course of the direction of your life as you follow him. The second thing that I hope happens today is that you would receive a restoration of of a purpose if you've received that purpose but have buried that purpose i think sometimes when we see no momentum in our lives when it comes to purpose we realize that maybe that wasn't god and therefore we're gonna shift and ignore it and just move on with our lives and i think a lot of times god is speaking and doing in our lives i heard a pastor say this one time he's saying and speaking ten thousand things and we're lucky to pick up on one thing right And so God is wanting to install purpose in our life. And I think sometimes we either receive it and get distracted or we receive it and we don't believe it. And so my hope today is that you will recover the lost purpose that you have in your life. And here is the most beautiful thing about God is that God hasn't forgotten the purpose that he spoke over your life, even if you've forgotten it. Like if you've left God in that purpose, he hasn't left you. Like if you've moved on to pursue the things of this world rather than the things of the kingdom, here's the most beautiful thing is that God still hasn't stopped pursuing you. And so one of the things I hope that happens today is that you recover that sense of God-given purpose for your life. So what does it mean to have purpose? Like what am I talking about? So Paul, in Ephesians 2.10, he has this incredibly beautiful verse, and he talks about how God molds and shape purpose in our life. And he's connecting our lives with the cosmic creator of the universe. Here's what he says. He says that we are God's masterpiece. And so what he's saying there is there is something about humanity and there's something about creation that God is doing something special in their lives. I, we have a dog. Not too many people know that. Like they show up at their house and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you have a dog. That's incredible. And I'm like, yeah, he's been here nine years. His incredible dog. His name's Deacon. He was the first deacon of Bright City Church. Like, you know, when I worked from home, he was there like supporting me and. By supporting me means I, I had to pet him at every moment as he like nudged my hand while I'm trying to work. And what's so interesting is that we see things like animals in this world, and then we see humanity. And we lose sight that God is doing something special in humanity. Like deacon, deacon's purposes are sleeping, eating, and occasionally being pet. And you're like, yeah, me too. That's my, I want to eat, sleep, and be pet. That's my, my, my goal in life. That's my dream. But for some reason, God is doing something in humanity. Like he's doing something in you, in us, in the church, in the kingdom, that is different than anything else that is happening in this universe. So he continues on. He says, he has created us anew. In Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago and so continuing on Paul is making the connection that what's the most beautiful thing about Jesus is that the old is gone the new has come and one of the most beautiful things about being a new creation is that you are a new creation and I think sometimes we as believers forget that we have been transformed from the inside out and that God is wanting to do a new thing in our lives. And so what happens sometimes is that we accept by faith the invitation of gospel and continue through life, business as usual. But we forget that God has made us into a new creation. Paul says elsewhere in 2 Corinthians 5, it's not up here, he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And I think sometimes I actually heard a pastor say this this week when I was listening to a podcast is he was saying sometimes we think that we have to earn this new creation and we have to walk and grow into this new creation. But what's actually happening is that we have been made newly created and now we get to spend the rest of our lives figuring out what that is. So you have all of new creation already with you if you have Jesus Christ in your heart and you believe and trust and serve him. So what, what the process is, is you tapping into that new creation-ness all up in you. And new creation-ness is not a word. So you're like, well, I don't think he... That was a made-up word right there. It was, but I was trying to communicate something. And so he gives us these good things in our new creation-ness planned long ago. How many of you love going to great places like really nice hotels and you show up and it's like they were expecting you? Anybody ever experienced that? It's because they were. It was their job to expect you. I went to one one time. I pull up at the like first gate because this was like the holies and I was going to get to the holy of holies like if you did, like temple scripture. Bad pastor joke. I'll keep going. And so I pull up to this like gate tower, and they're like, well, hello, Mr. Connolly." And I'm like, how, how, how did you know that it was me? Well, we just, we just knew. And so I'm like, okay, check, yes, all right, we, we're in, they're letting us in. And so we go to the next place, and they say, welcome, Mr. Connolly. we're so glad that you're here. And I'm like, again, how do people know who I am and that I'm arriving right now? And one of the most beautiful things about this passage is that God has planned long ago for you to arrive on this planet and walk out your purpose on this planet. Like he has been waiting and expecting you and ordaining you and preparing you and giving you every opportunity to walk out the workmanship and the masterpiece that he is put in your life. And so if he has been so intentional with us, why are we lacking intentionality with our purpose? Like if if God, when he was preparing the cosmos, was thinking about how you're uniquely wired to serve on this planet. Why are we thinking more about the joys and the pleasures of the city rather than the joys and the pleasures of serving the king in the midst of the kingdom? And so if we, if we have a vision of this, if, if we can get our hearts and our mind around this, then we can start receiving or allowing God to restore the purpose that he has for our lives so that we can walk in the abundance, right? It's not autopilot. Like, it's abundance. Like, what would happen, just go with me here, if we truly woke up every day and realized that if we are in Christ that we are the rescued and redeemed children of God. Like, like how would that shift some things? Like, like how... I mean, let's, let's just put it out here. We're we're young and fresh and vibrant church. Like, how would that shift some of the relationships? Like, like how... How would that shift how we actually pursue some of those relationships? How how would that shift how we show up at our jobs every day? How would that shift how we look at and approach our neighbors, if at all? Like I I know sometimes like, like there's this miracle of the garage and like you press the button, you pull in, you don't have to see a neighbor. Like you paid extra for that model, the, 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 I don't know, I mean I'm sure they're downtown too, but like the Suburban 2.0 it's like I can pull in, I can go in through the little door and I'm in my house and then I walk out of my house and I get in my car and I never have to see my neighbor. It's, so my question is what would happen if we lived in such a way where every day was about uncovering and tapping into the purposes that God has for us. So We're we're needing to receive or we're needing to restore. And so one of the places I've been this week, because I've kind of been in that same place of, God, would you just restore? these things in my life. Would you just remind and revive my heart around these things? I've been walking with, uh, in scripture, Abram who becomes Abraham. Like this was, this was the name change before uh, Prince ever got his name changes. And like, like even Adele, like it's cool to be known by one name. Now I haven't gotten there yet. Like I still got a first name, a middle name and a last name. And even my kids sometimes call me by my first name. Which I'm like, what, where, where is the respect? Like, what, what happened in this generation? But Abram, who will later become Abraham, experiences this wild calling from God to step into some plans and some purposes that not only God had for Abraham, but he had for the whole entire human race, which is incredible. Like sometimes I capsize at thinking about what God has for me in my tiny little circle. And God's out here speaking to Abraham. He's like, no pressure, all nations from you. Good luck out there. You're going to do great hope you do well. And so it's this beautiful ballet between Abraham and God of trying to figure out how to walk this thing out and how to work through the calling and the promises of God. So I want to read Genesis 12 and I want to walk quickly through each one of these things, because again, this is more about God speaking to you than it is about me speaking to you. So this is Genesis 12. He says, the Lord has said to Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you, and I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed for you. Hashtag no pressure. So Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. And so one of the first things that we need to do in order to receive or recover the purpose that God has for us is that we need to be receptive. One of the things that we see about God from Genesis 1 to the bookends of Revelation is that God is a God who wants to speak to his people. So immediately it says, the Lord said to Abram. And so this is the pattern of scripture. So my question is, is is this the pattern of your life? Like if God is speaking, are you receiving? If God is speaking, are you receptive? Like this is the pattern of Scripture that God accomplishes and does things in creation and in our life. And he does it through his voice. In John 10, we catch a glimpse of who Jesus is. And he says, hey, you're going to know me as your shepherd by my voice. And so it's one of those things throughout Scripture. We see that God is a God who wants to speak to his children. But one of the things that I've noticed in my own life is there's two things that happen that keep me from hearing God. Number one is that I'm not making room for God. Like I'm just not. Like like I can't like this whole like pastor job thing, like I can't tell you I have done both where I've worked and done a secular thing in an office and I have done this. And I'm telling you it is harder to hear God on this side of the fence. It just is because you're out there doing the Lord's work without the Lord's voice. Like there's just no time to hear and receive. And so the same can be true for you. Are are you making room to hear the voice of God? I've seen God do both where he's able to speak into the chaos and he's able to speak into the storm. But I've also seen it where he can speak into the moments where we make room for him. Here's another thing that I've noticed in my life is that sometimes I not only don't make room, but I become distracted. Like how incredible is like 2023? Like we, there's just so many things out there that get our time, right? Like just the, the things that are happening right now, I feel like I just aged 20 years this last year. Like the whole AI chat thing going on. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know what's happening Uh, Maybe if I just put my head down, it'll be like crypto and it'll just like, okay, like it's going to change. And then like there's just things that are happening and moving so fast. But with that kind of lifestyle comes opportunity that we never had five years ago. And one of the things that I have noticed is that the more opportunity in my life, it turns into the more obstacles for me to hear from God. It just is. And so when it comes to your life, when it comes to you receiving purpose, have you made time to hear from God? Maybe it's even just a belief. Like, do you believe that God wants to speak to you? Well, Nick, you, you just, you know, last week, things got a little wild. And I, you know, I feel like I've got a, a, about three weeks until I'm ready to talk to God again. I got to let the, the last week wash off of me. And then once that happens and And everything's good, then I will talk to God. Then I will go to church. Here's the most beautiful thing about God is he doesn't care anything about your past. He's only concerned about what he wants to do in the present and your future. He's still the God of your past. He was there, but that's okay. The grace and the forgiveness and all the things that you need are in the present for your future. And so we have a God that wants to speak to us. But the question is is are we being receptive to the things that he wants to say for us say to us are we making room If you need a restoration or a receiving of purpose it does not start with a podcast it does not start with some sort of class online or a new degree or a new city or a new job or like you can move all the things in your life to try to or something in your life or you could just make room you could get real quiet you can allow God to speak into your life like that that's that's what restores like that's what redeems like you see throughout Scripture a thread of the God of the universe wanting to speak to his people like you know most religions in this world are, are marked by God speaking at one time to one person And we are worshiping a Jesus who is bringing us into the throne room of grace, into a place where the God of the universe is wanting to speak purpose and abundance into your life. So are you letting him? Another thing that we need to do besides being receptive is we need to be surrendered. It is one thing to receive the word of God and it is another thing to be surrendered enough to act on the word of God. So this is what... It says in, Abram, in Genesis 12 to Abram, he says, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. And so when you, when you are wanting purpose in your life, when you're wanting God to do something in your life, I think sometimes we want to receive and then we want to take it from there, right? It's like, oh, thanks, God. Appreciate that one. I'll get it from here. Clearly, you have upheld creation since the beginning of time, and you are bigger than time, and you hold all things together, and you are doing a million, million, million things in this moment that I can't see. But you know what, God? You take the day off. I got this one. I'm on it. I can do this. Like, you, you gave me the words. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to go. But one of the things that you see in Abram's life or Abraham's life is that there is a pattern of surrender. There's a pattern of him willing to be shifted by the voice of God. And one of the things I've noticed about surrender is that usually surrender comes at the cost of our comfort. Like if you're going to, if you're going res- to surrender, it's, it's going to be uncomfortable. Like you might have to leave that familiar land, that familiar relationship. I mean, the, the he. He had to leave his father's family. Some of y'all got family. You're like, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Please call me to leave my family. I've been wanting to leave this family for a long time. I thought I was adopted, but I'm not sure. But now I'm convinced. And like, like, it's hard to step into surrender. And one of the things that happens in this, this moment is you have to release the control. Like you have to release the agenda. You have to release the things that you want in this life and accept the things that God might want in your life. And and, and the hard part about surrender, this is really theological deep, so get ready. The hard part about surrender is that it's hard. It's hard. Like, Jesus Christ, Savior of the universe, one of the last pictures we get of him, is in a garden pleading with God to let this pass. Like that, that's the pattern right there. It's, it's hard. There's tears. But the promise is on the other side of the pain. So when it comes to your life, are, are you surrendering yourself to God? One of the things that we have done in the South so conveniently is that we've packaged up this faith thing to be a yes, and then I'll take it from here. And, and what, what faith is, is that faith is actually a yes to Jesus every day. It's a surrender to Jesus every day. It's confessing your life to Jesus every day. Saying, Jesus, I accepted you a long time ago, but I got to accept you today. Today is hard. Like, my coworkers are tripping. Like, I, I, I need you to save me. Like, salvation right here, I'm going to jail. Like, that, that's, that's the salvation that he extends to our lives but it comes through surrender so how's how's the surrender like i challenge you go read the story of abraham like it's laced with i wills and it's not abraham it's god that's just that's, just, that's what's there so after we've been surrept, we we're receptive and then we're surrendered we need to be open to surprises. So this is the fun part to me, right? Like, I think a lot of times people think Christianity is this, like, boring, boring, stale thing. And I think human Christianity is like that. But the God of the universe is cooking up something different. He says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you and make you famous. Like when you read the story of Abraham, like all homeboy wanted was a son. He was like, I just I just want a son. God, if you could just get me a son, like I just want a son. If you could get me a son, I just want a son. And God's like, "Hey, how about the nations?" How about through that son all of the nations are blessed. Like, I mean, can you imagine that? Like, can you imagine what's happening in there? And so when it comes to our life, if we're going to receive and recover the purposes of God in our lives, we have to be willing to be surprised. Like, are, are you willing to be surprised? This kind of dovetails nicely with the other one, but are you willing to be surrendered enough to be surprised? Like, God can't, surprise you with his plan if you're still trying to hold on to your plan. Like that's that's not how that works. So do you, do you want to be surprised by God? Like like I, one of the things that churches do now is is they read that Ephesians 3:20 at the end of the service now to him who is able to do more than we ask or imagine. And and we 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 recite it, but are we ready to receive it? We have to be willing to be surprised. And lastly, we have to be willing and ready to bless. Like, here's the most beautiful thing about your purpose. Are you ready for this? Your purpose is for you, but not only you. And I know that's hard to receive in like a selfie generation and you get on the gram and you take the picture and you do the thing, but like God is forming a kingdom and a culture a blessing to you so that it overflows out of your life and into the life of others around you and so when he gives this promise to Abraham he says hey you're going to be a blessing to others I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt and all the families of the earth will be blessed through you so what if just go with me here What if there is a clog or a holdup in the system of blessing to someone else because you are not walking in your purpose? What if you are not experiencing some of the blessing that God has in your life because you are walking out your plan rather than his plan? I think sometimes we want God to bless our lives rather than God saying, hey, I want you, I want to bless the life I have for you, but you're you're not living the life I have for you, you're living the life that you have for you, and and I'm sorry, you'll experience some common grace, like you will have sunshine, you will have rain, like you will have money to go out with your friends and, and buy the cappuccino and the latte, and And all the things and you'll eventually know and understand how you can hold it all together. And uh, you'll just kind of go through life and then you'll break down one day. Or you could break down right now. You can release control and receive the blessing that God has for you. Like God is not some sort of bully in heaven. Like, hey, get in line or get out. Like he wants more for you than you want for yourself how amazing is that? And so when you see this in Abraham, like it's the same, as true with Jesus. Like Jesus walked this planet fully receptive to what his father had. He surrendered everything. He surrendered everything, everything about his ministry was surprises. Like he's doing miracles. He's hanging out with people who shouldn't be hanging out with. Like he's doing surprise after surprise. And through his death, the whole world is blessed. And so, in the name of Jesus, may this be your spiritual death this morning, and may you receive the resurrected life that Jesus has for you. So, do you need to receive new purpose today? Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you weary? It's probably because you've been living someone else's life and not the life that God has for you. Like, how exhausting is that? Like, don't you want just a little bit to figure out what he has for you? Like, don't you want to say yes to salvation so you can say yes to the surprises that he has in your life? And, and maybe today is that you need to recover the dream that you buried. You're like, man, that's out in the backyard. You ain't going to find that thing. They ain't going to make a podcast out of me. Find dead bodies. Nope. Like, you you. You buried that dream. Hey, here's a question. Maybe you thought that something you did disqualified you from the purpose that he had for you. That's not how grace works. Like that's that you you can't earn it, but you can't break it. Like, do you understand that? Like you can't earn the grace of God, but you cannot break the grace of God. Like, like that just is impossible. So what would it look like for you to recover the purpose that God has for your life? Be receptive, surrender, get ready for surprises, and bless somebody while you're at it. Father, I just pray that this will be a time where you speak, Lord. I pray that you would just do what you can do. Uh, Father, I pray that you will be Father. You are far more gentle and gracious than we give you credit for. Uh, Father, I just pray that if if someone needs to receive the gift of of salvation this morning, that there's no surrender without salvation. So, Father, I just pray that you would allow them to uh, take that step this morning, that they would realize that Jesus is our Savior, that what he accomplished on the cross unlocked grace and forgiveness in our lives And that there is so much uh, bad news in our lives, but there is a good news called the gospel. And that there is a death that paid the penalty of sin that took care of all the sin in my life and unleashed wild grace and forgiveness. And saying yes to you means saying yes to a new creation. So, Father, I just pray that if that needs to happen this morning, it would happen. And Father, I just pray uh, for those who have maybe disqualified themselves for something that you actually have qualified them for. God, I pray that they would have your eyes, that they would recover the dream, the purpose that they've buried long ago. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, we're going to enter into a a time of response uh, at Bright City, and this is just our version of allowing uh, ourselves to not just be hearers, and go like get brunch right because that's like a thing here like brunch is a thing and so what it allows us to do is allow us to just say you know what i just heard god speak and i want to be a hearer and a doer because when i hear and i don't do that's called a hypocrite and nobody likes a hypocrite right like we've all been there like it's just not it's not great it's not a good look so what we get to do is uh if you uh have um, just anything that you need to receive prayer about. There's be some people up here uh, ready to pray for you. Surrender is hard. Like it's so hard. Receiving and hearing God is hard. Willing to be surprised by God is hard. I don't like surprises. Like I like to be in control. I like to keep it chill and calm. To to bless others, especially when they haven't blessed you, is hard. And so, if it's hard, why are we pretending that it's easy? Come receive prayer up front if you need it. Uh, We are going to invite you into communion if you need the body of Jesus given on your behalf and the blood of Jesus given on your behalf. The uh, communion will be in the back. Like, this is the official meal of the church. Like, if Wheaties was like MJ's meal and the official meal of the Olympics, this is the official meal of the church. And then if Bright City is your church, uh, this is a time where you get to exercise generosity. Um, And then lastly, we get to stand and sing and celebrate the God who wants to speak to his kids. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening in to Bright City. If this was encouraging, we'd love for you to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're an owner at Bright City, you can give online at brightcity.church or on Venmo to Bright City. Before you go, we'd love to speak this benediction from Matthew 5 over you. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We love you, bright city.